0: You are listening to the Social Media and Tech Podcast brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, sharing strategies and tools to help you get the most from social selling and tech. And now your host, Bill Bannum.
1: An employer brand is an organization's personality and proposition. An employer brand not only helps attract top talent... But when done right, it supports the sales process. Your employer brand is your voice, your values, your ethos, and offer. It's the message you give out across every media channel at every online touchpoint in the employee lifecycle. In this episode of the CPSA's Social Media and Tech Podcast, we will be considering how to create that powerful online employer brand. We will discuss what the role of the employer brand is in attracting top talent, How salespeople can leverage a strong brand to grow sales and the consequences of not projecting an attractive authentic brand identity our guest today is jamie shanks jamie is one of north america's leading social selling experts he has personally built social selling solutions in nearly every industry ranging from startups to fortune 500 corporations before starting his first sales agency Toronto-based Jamie was the Director of Sales at two software companies. Jamie has trained thousands of sales professionals, from Fortune 500 companies to solopreneurs. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, Please start by telling our listeners a bit about yourself and Sales for Life.
0: My name is Jamie Shanks. I am the CEO of Sales for Life. We are the world's largest management consulting firm on the topic of social selling, so it's a niche within a niche. Uh, we've built this curriculum we call Social Selling Mastery, and 70,000-plus sales and marketing professionals worldwide have been trained on this certification program. And what it's meant to do is help sales professionals, their leadership, marketing, and sales enablement all build an ecosystem that ensures you're building greater pipeline, shortening the velocity of the sales deals, all by leveraging digital technology like social media
1: to start with can you can you tell us what in your opinion uh, is an employer brand
0: i consider it a business within a business i have been an employee i've also been an employer and i encourage my employees to build a brand within a brand because people buy from people first the reality is they're buying into that sales professional that they like and they trust and then they feel has added enough value that they can say to themselves i want to partner with this firm because this organization is going to help me through my questions and concerns. So to answer your question, the simplest way is you are a business within a business and your ecosystem might be one account or it could be hundreds of accounts, but that is your business.
1: Let's focus for the time being on on the employer brand itself, the, the, the overarching company brand. Why is it important to create that employer brand?
0: Because the reality is The mind share of the customer is being pulled in a thousand directions. It used to be where the customer would bring in a business and then that business was providing new ideas and insights in the boardroom, right? Now it's caveat venditure. Let the seller beware that the employer, the business, could be Googled, can do competitive analysis online. The reality is the buyer knows as much about the business as they think they need before they need to place a call or do business with that company. As an entrepreneurial business, you have to recognize that the mind share of that customer is being pulled not only to your direct competitors, but to like-minded businesses and other initiatives. You're fighting for wallet share, and wallet share requires you to be top of mind at all times. Otherwise, like a cat with a string, it just migrates to other places.
1: You, You write a lot on the Sales for Life blog about how social selling isn't really about selling per se. Rather, it's about having real conversations, understanding the needs of the long tail uh, of audience niches out there. How does this a principle of authenticity and being seen as a resource show itself in an employer brand strategy?
0: I think back to how we started this business and I recognized that I needed to be what's called a content concierge. So at the time, it, it, whenever an organization goes through a digital transformation, a lot of the ideas and the intellectual property and the insight, they're not accustomed to, to to putting out in the public market. So this is a new venture for them. So what they'll end up doing is curating other people's great ideas. So your first step is you could say to yourself, OK, I need to idea, identify who my ideal customer is. And I need to be the gateway of bringing them new ideas that they frankly never would have found on their own or thought of on their own or i've I've kind of pushed them off their status quo, and so the the employer brand has the ability to be that digital newspaper. That's all it is. You, you become this digital newspaper in which the customer can learn about a topic, and over time, you can then start shaping your own original insights based on derivatives from other people's curated insight.
1: Let's now switch tack a wee bit and, and talk about the attraction of a of an employer brand to potential candidates. How important is the employer brand to a salesperson looking for for their next role or that maybe their first role? Um, so, for example, if if a company does a bad job of letting people know that they offer top commissions, benefit packages, training, and so on, are are they less likely to get the the purple squirrels, those, those top candidates, or are are today salespeople looking for more than the traditional messages of commissions and benefits and opportunities to to make lots of money?
0: I think that it is going to be one of the most profound shifts in the talent migration business or recruiting business ever in its history. I am a huge believer that a great top employer from a brand standpoint will become a lighthouse, not a tugboat. And what he means by that And Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerMedia has done a fantastic job of this, where they get 8,000 resumes a month, and they have people that volunteer to work there for free. And why? Because what they did online is they made themselves a destination. And I have a, I actually, I want you to picture three circles. This is my theory, and this is what we wanted to do at Sales for Life uh, as we grow. Picture these three circles, one bigger than the other. The first is stories about the, what it's like to work in a service-based business that sells for life. The next circle might be a little bit larger on the sales and marketing community and the social selling community. And then the third circle is what it's like to live in Toronto and be in an entrepreneurial environment, the city of Toronto or in Canada. And all three of these circles, you are leveraging digital assets, whether those are videos or photos or infographics, and you're constantly peppering the market and showing a day in a life of what that sales professional's actually, what their life would be like. And I'm a believer that in the future, a sales professional will shop from company to company, much like you shop for a home online. And I'm a believer that the future sales professional will have wanted to feel like they have lived virtually through the experience of working at that company before they sign on the dotted line. Because otherwise, the devil, you know, will be better than the devil you don't know. And so companies that can perfect this and make the future candidates feel like I have to go work there. I've been watching them for six months or a year. This is the kind of culture I want to be part of. That's what I believe will be the biggest migration in the talent uh, space in recruiting ever.
1: Do you believe that startups, uh, solopreneurs and, and other new brands can, can really compete with the bigger brands when it comes to time investment, the, the money investment on, on social media platforms to, to be out there at all times and saying the right things?
0: I'm going to use our business, 20 employees. OK, so we're a multimillion dollar business, but we're not a billion dollar business. So I can't compete in the city of Toronto against Salesforce or NetSuite or Oracle. So I have to look at my strength. So the type of candidate that would want to work here at Sales for Life is somebody that wants the ability to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur because they want to be an entrepreneur one day. And they can make decisions on not only their own little business unit, but they can see day in and day out what it's like for one day when they become an entrepreneur. So I can sell that as my strength. What it would weed out is people that are company man or lady wouldn't survive in this type of environment and so and anybody that's shopping solely on price i'm going to lose 100 times out of 100 so what i need to do is you need to constantly be demonstrating the the strength that you have the reason you would want to come there and you can become a lighthouse for those types of people
1: Let's now talk a little bit more about something we touched upon near the beginning of, of the show. And, and that's um, the benefits of kind of a two-pronged uh, strategy, if you like, in, in terms of developing one's personal brand and having a very strong company brand to back them up. What are the benefits of a strong company brand to a salesperson seeking to, to leverage their company's reputation to, to grow revenues?
0: The ability to create consistent inbound lead flow would probably be the biggest The the stronger the company's brand the stronger it is the ability to that company not only will create inbound leads but the second is if you're doing account-based selling it's that brand recognition it's it's the complete understanding from the person you're speaking to what you do why you do it and how you do it the bigger you make your brand the easier it makes for those First precious seconds when you're talking to a prospective buyer, to say, why should you listen to me?
1: <laughs> what are the possible consequences of a, of a weak or poorly maintained online company brand uh, in terms of a uh, salesperson seeking to leverage that brand to, to grow the business?
0: Yeah, and I feel sorry for sales professionals who are in a position where they're working for a company that has little to no brand recognition and has no interest in changing their digital presence and are perhaps competing against bigger entities because you're fighting the ultimate uphill battle. You have a company that is trying steam, or, or it's not even trying, it's, it has become incognito. Despite itself, you, you as a sales professional have to, like a sledgehammer, bang your way into companies uh, and create awareness where you could have greased that process so much easier If you had been educating them, engaging them online, building a a digital reputation so that you can identify the At first, you can go after the companies that are showing expressed interest in your business. You now can concentrate first on the companies that are interested in you. And then as you grow a a customer base, you can then start doing account-based selling where you're targeting the types of customers you want. But it's typically based on the industries you best serve.
1: What two or three activities should a salesperson check in with their marketing team to, to ensure uh, are, are happening there to reinforce that brand?
0: One is going to be strategic and one is going to be tactical. From a strategic standpoint, the marketing team has to recognize that the way they're being measured and the way that they're marketing today is useless. What I mean by that is the marketing team, if you were to ask them, pull them in a room and say, OK, um, I want you to. Try to figure out and ask us, sales professionals, what percentage of quota attainment, sales like revenue and sales, do you think is being either directly influenced, created by marketing, sorry, sourced, or influenced and attributed by marketing? And marketing doesn't think like this, right? They're they're used to looking at impressions, and clicks, and views, which are so leading indicator, so t- you know, top of the funnel, not what the sales professional is measured on, which is sales. So from a strategic standpoint, you have to put the chief marketing officer and the chief sales officer in the room, and the chief marketing officer has to interview that sales, sales leader and say, okay, uh, what is your sales quota this year? How many deals do you need? How many net new customers do you need to achieve that based on your average conversion rate? And what percentage of those deals do you think was going to come from my team, from marketing? Such a wake-up call. But that shortfall is the delta in which marketing needs to think of themselves like a digital, digital agency and start building insight at the volume, velocity, and probability that actually give the sales team a, a fighting chance to hit sales quota based on what the sales team thought they were going to be delivered from marketing. So that's the strategic side. From the tactical side, the number one source for intellectual property in your company is your sales professional. Your sales professionals are hearing the pitfalls, the objections, the best practices. the the, Everything your customer is talking about is inside your sales professional's head. So what sales can do, and we call this window time, is book five-minute calls with marketing professionals. Where marketing, just like this podcast, will ask them a series of questions. And the sales professional just needs to talk but that conversation gets recorded. And you do this at scale. Sales rep one tells you the top three challenges that their customers are having. Sales rep two talks about five ways to implement X, Y, Z. And all of a sudden you record it, you move it from a recording to speech to text, and now you have a blog. And you do this at scale, and you can go from one blog a week to one blog a day, like us. And all of a sudden you become an insights factory. You start creating intellectual property at scale, and it's coming from the best source of intellectual property because it's the boots-on-the-ground intellectual property. And now marketing doesn't have to make up blogs. They can just shoot out what sales knows is what the customer wants to hear. So I hope I, I hope that helped. kind of a strategic side and a tactical side.
1: It, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I think we've identified one or two uh, but, but, potential subjects for for a follow up podcast with you in the future uh, around um, how to enhance the brand by better collaboration between marketing and sales, perhaps.
0: Well, that, um, that is the ultimate for social
1: stuff. Well, um, for now, however, uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping up. So I'd just like to say, Jamie Shanks, thank you so much for joining the CPSA social media and tech podcast today.
0: Thank you so much for the invite.
1: And listeners, until next time, this has been your host, Bill Bannum, with the Social Media and Tech Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Social Media and Tech Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.